Broadcasting from the heartland of America in the Hoosier Media Network Studios. The next generation in conservative talk radio. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into it. It is our number dose of the weekend edition for the Voice of Reason. So great to have you with us here on the program. As always, we have so much more to talk about. I'm telling you, two hours is not enough. We need a lot more time, which I think we may have to do soon because we got to stay up on this stuff, man. Lots to get to. So welcome uh, welcome aboard. Strap in, buckle up, and let's get this going here. You can find us on our website, whosyourreason.com. That's H-O-O-S-E-R, reason.com. Also, our website, our handle at uh, Who's Your Reason on all of our social media. That's Facebook and the Tweety and the Instagram and the TikTok and the Truth Social and Twitch.tv and that I miss it at YouTube, although I don't use YouTube much. They always give me all these strikes on our content, so I just kind of given up on YouTube. But we do have a Rumble account. I don't use it as much. They say you can now do live video streaming on Rumble, so we may have to give that a try here soon as well. But I don't know. I don't know which one's going to be the best platform for us to do our video stream on. We do have our partners with OpsLens, O-P-S-L-E-N-S dot com. And you can find their app, their social media, their website that we stream on with our video throughout our weekday show. And, of course, right here on the weekend special edition, broadcasting from coast to coast all over the place. So great to have you. Bottom of this hour, we have Jeff Crank. He is the regional director for Americans for Prosperity, obviously a great partner with us here on the show. He's also host of the AFP podcast known as American Potential. He is out of uh, Colorado Springs, uh, where I hailed from for a few years as well. Beautiful area if you're in Colorado Springs. And we don't have a radio station there yet, but we do have some podcast listeners out there. I love you guys. I miss Colorado Springs. I got to make it back that way at some point. But he's out of there. And I got to meet this individual last weekend. And we'll chat with him on the program about the American potential. Is the American dream dead? As we talk about the economy, government regulation, size of government, and so on and so forth. So we'll have that fun of a conversation in just a little bit. I want to recap some of the weekend, though, because uh, there was some pretty entertaining stuff that happened, was there not? It's your Week in Review. I mean, let's be honest. Right now, the Democrats are in turmoil. The Republicans are in turmoil. But the Democrats, we always compete on who can go to the bottom of the barrel. You would think that we would be working to try and elevate ourselves, work to improve ourselves, work to make ourselves bigger. But no, we always find a way to challenge who can be worse, who can be more devastating, who can destroy the party worse than each other, which I think we're going towards. But this one's going to be lumped up is one of the next great archivable audio clips that we have on this show. And as you know, if you've listened to the show any at, at a regular time, that we have some favorite audio clips that we've stored in the archives of the program and that we bring up on occasion, especially from some of our favorite politicians in the whole wide world. Now, Chad, I can only wonder if you can imagine what this individual or who this individual may be and what they said earlier this week after the vote in the Senate with the shutting down of the immigration bill after James Langford's bill and Chuck Schumer's bill ended up failing with only four Republicans voting for the bill. And those four Republicans, by the way, which I have to say were it's a little disappointing. I am a decent fan of James Langford. We've had him on the program many times before. Great senator from the state of Oklahoma, just south of the border where I'm from here in Kansas with my flagship at the Hoosier Media Network Studios. We've had him on the show many times. And over the last year, his main focal point has been immigration. And he worked really hard on this immigration bill. Didn't quite hold up to the standards of what we were looking for. Ended up getting shot down. He tried to clarify some of the concerns to Republicans, but it didn't work. And in fact, the only three Republicans that voted for it outside of himself 
were the ones that you probably don't want to associate with as a conservative Republican, which is Mitt Romney, Lisa Murkowski, and Susan Collins. Those three and James Lankford were the only Republicans in the Senate that voted for that immigration bill. Nine Republic or nine Democrats also went against it, voting against the bill as well, because they didn't think it was big enough open borders. So, of course, we have this large spectrum that we're trying to deal with. But after it failed, our favorite individual on this program, one of our favorites that we like to pick on, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, came out on an interview during, uh, I don't know, whatever TV show it was. I believe it was MSNBC, maybe CNN. And she came out talking about how we have to have open borders. Open borders is vital to the survivability of this nation and the people within it. We currently do not have the economic or social structural capacity to take care of our seniors. And we will increasingly not have that if we, quote unquote, lock up our border and shut down, shut down immigration. In Uh fact, the thing that has distinguished U.S. economic performance from other countries like Japan or other, uh, you know, or other developed economies is the fact that our pro-immigration policies actually allow us to continue in our economic growth, whereas similar countries with anti or more kind of closed border policies experience economic stagnation when they submit themselves to this xenophobic kind of border panic narrative that Fox News, frankly, seeks to peddle and instill in so many people. Wow. I love the commentator, too, as well, the host. Yeah, yeah, just agreeing with all that. Yeah, bravo, bravo. We need those open borders. So let me get this straight. I'm just, I'm trying to follow the process because, remember, I'm an open-minded kind of guy. I may be a millennial. I'm a conservative. Uh, I know those two usually don't go together. But by golly, we try to represent the best we can on this program with the millennial conservatives. Nonetheless, I can respect an argument if I can at least follow the paper trail between dot A to dot B. Even if I don't agree with it, I'll at least respect it. So I'm going to try and do my best to follow the dots here. We have an immigration problem where we have crime skyrocketing in the New York City. In fact, the uh, police and law enforcement in New York are saying that crime is at a rate that they can't contain any longer. The mayor of New York City also saying that we have to work on deportations or do something to take care of crime because it's getting out of hand in New York. And that's when, of course, they started doing their investigation on him with like campaign ties to the country of Turkey or something. So they tried to silence him, took his laptop, took his phone away conveniently at the exact same time where he started going after Democrat policies about border security and the immigration crisis causing massive crime in New York City. We have the city of Chicago that has massive crime as well, massive amounts of immigrants, and the mayor out there ripping on Republicans, saying it's a conspiracy to try and send all the migrants up there when we were an open border place and we would have handled it properly if you just would stop just dropping them off at our doorstep while they're advocating for being open borders. So we can't take care of them. We have the state of Maine, I want to say Massachusetts, somewhere on the East Coast, where they were advocating for shutting down YMCAs and different clubs, like health clubs, so that way we could offer free pool training and swimming lessons to illegal migrants that have been deported into the area or that have been bussed into the area. We can't afford them. We had to pass a special bill nationally to allow more social programs, more food stamps. We had to kick people out of hotels. We had to kick people out of apartment buildings to to house all of these individuals and create government programs to fund them so they can afford to live here. We had to increase the food stamp program to give them social programs in order for them to survive while they're here 
illegally, mind you, not to mention all the billions of dollars we're spending at the actual southern border to do absolutely nothing. And Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is saying that we will kill our elderly individuals in the nation unless we open up the borders and keep doing what we're doing right now. That's that's the argument that we're making right now. Yeah. Wow. I, I'm telling you, man, taking it to an entirely new level. That is almost as bad as the AOC clip that we love about her talking about, you know, things like, you know, garbage disposals on what those actually are. I am told this is a garbage disposal. <laughs> this is up there, man. It takes it to that next level. So we have AOC. That's a complete bust. We have Joe Biden with the special counsel this week. Obviously, the other big news of the week. It's your week in review. As the special counsel essentially came out and said that Joe Biden is too old and doesn't have the best memory in order to um, be charged with anything. So he did wrong, but we're not going to charge him because he's too old and feeble and can't remember anything. But he's still totally a president and we're going to make him the leader of the free world. And he got a little defensive about that with a press conference that happened earlier this week. I don't need to go down that road too much because it's stupid. We already know that he's feeble. We already know that he can't speak and do a coherent conversation. We already know that his mental capacity is completely gone. But yet that was the argument their attorneys were going to use, saying that he can't be in trouble criminally because he's too old and feeble and can't remember. But he's totally up to the statute of being the president of the United States. According to some politicians, like now Vivek Ramaswamy, who's on the campaign trail for Donald Trump, he said that this is the sign of the beginning of Operation Joe Biden tripped down the stairs while trying to tie his shoe and Democrats looking to replace him on the campaign trail. Look, I think the number one takeaway, Trace, is this. Joe Biden will not be the nominee. <clears throat> I said this last year. People dismissed it as some type of conspiracy theory. Today, I think it became that much more obvious. Play this out. Biden's own DOJ and special counsel is effectively releasing a report that undermines the case for him to actually be a candidate for the U.S. presidency, right as Biden's poll numbers are cratering. We have to do the math, skate to where the puck is going, not fall for the deflection. But I do think what they're planning for is to sideline Biden as the nominee, trot in a different puppet instead. That's the most significant takeaway from tonight. I mean, he's right. It's right. They're moving him way out. But what's going to be the replacement? I know this is the speculation. But look, we're already in primary season. You can't put somebody else on the ballot now. It's already done. He's already getting the delegates. By state, the primary process is already in motion now. You can't just replace somebody unless you go to the convention in just a couple of months, and then you say he's not capable, and you have to remove him. Now, that could really shake it up. Now, I'm not saying Republicans are in a perfect position. We had some major exoduses right now as well, as Ronna McDaniel apparently has announced it at the end of this month. She'll be stepping down as the chairwoman for the RNC. After the South Carolina primary at the last week of February. So we have that. We have another congresswoman that's head of the energy department who said she's stepping down as well. They have the ousting of Mitch McConnell with now a movement to try and stage a coup against him, which let's be honest, I don't know if that's necessarily going to work. We, If you remember, we have to go back to when we actually started this new government session and the Republicans in the Senate voted for Mitch McConnell to be the head of it by like a 90 percent majority. Yeah, 90% of Republicans in the Senate were like, yeah, Mitch McConnell, you can totally be the guy to lead us while you have seizures right in the middle of press conferences. That sounds fantastic. Now we have the big news. It happened as of this weekend as well. Breaking news that's going on right now. 
Let's go to the Hoosier Media. No, wrong. Well, let's try that one. Hey, what's trending today? I'll get my buttons down right one of these days. Congressman Mike Gallagher from the state of Wisconsin has announced it said he will not be seeking re-election. Why does that matter? He is one that voted against the impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas. He has been one of the more rhino-type esket Republicans that has been fighting against the Republican uh, movement for a while, pushing back against the conservatives for a while, and now he's saying that he's done. I don't know if you recognize or not, but there is a mass exodus right now that's happening in Washington, D.C., Republicans and Democrats. The Democrats don't have anybody. They're ousting Joe Biden and Operation Joe Biden tripped down the stairs while trying to tie his shoe. And for those, by the way, those that don't know that reference, I coined that as a satirical operation like three years ago, even before he was president, because we knew it was going to happen. that Democrats would have to boot him out and they're waiting for the opportune time. So they were going to be the ones to accidentally trip him down the stairs while he stops at the top of them and say, oops, he's not capable of being president anymore. That's what I'm <laughs> when I make that reference. That's what I mean. Operation Joe Biden tripped down the stairs while trying to tie his shoe. Oh, he totally tripped. Don't know how that happened. Guess we better find a new president. The problem is they don't have anybody else. They could do Kamala Harris, but she's got worse approval ratings than any other vice president in the last 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. Uh, So they can't really put her up. Gavin Newsom doesn't have the approval and the stamp of okay from the Obamas. Gretchen Whitmer doesn't have the name recognition, although she fits perfect as a female and a victim in the state of Michigan. The only person they really have is Michelle Obama, but she doesn't want it. So who do they have? I don't know. Who do Republicans have? I don't know. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. It's your Patriot on the Prairie. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. So we have the mass exodus from the Republican Party right now. We have Ronna McDaniel that's on the way out. We have uh, Mitch McConnell that could be on the way out. Thank God. Oh, my God. If we could make that happen, I'd be so happy. You know what I mean? If we can get McConnell out of, the, or out of Congress, out of the Senate as the leader, at least from the leadership, you can still be in the Senate, do your thing. You can go and take your... You know, old person meds from the pharmacy there in Congress, and you can sit in your office and you can just show up to vote once in a while. But can you not be the guy like leading the the negotiations on certain pieces of legislation for the Republican Party in the Senate? Pretty please. I'd be so happy if that was able to work on the way out. I don't know. So, Mitch McConnell, if you are going to be gone, we have to. Can I give you the the pre proper farewell, please? Bye, 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 bye. <laughs> Just to be sure, I will see whether that actually happens or not. Ronna McDaniel, we also have given you the proper farewell. And Mike Gallagher, the guy who won of the votes from the Republicans that voted against the impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas, the secretary of the uh, Department of Homeland Security and the immigration issue for allowing the mass migration into the country. That guy says he's not running for re-election. He will be out because he can't handle the pressure in D.C. with the direction the Republican Party's going. And we tell you again. That includes on top of the other ones that have made their announcements as well. Obviously, Kevin McCarthy was out at the end of the year. We have Ken Buck, another rhino from Colorado that has announced that he will not be running for re-election as well. There are tons of Republicans that have decided that they're done and over. 
that they're not going to continue this fight of moderatism, rhinoism, and the establishmentism in the Republican Party. So that gives us an opportunity. We can put the proper people in office if we choose to do so. The question is, will we have the power, the influence, the voice, the voter turnout, and you as the activist to actually go and do something like that? Because right now, I'm telling you, the Republican Party's in a bit of a shamble. But it's the race to the bottom is while we're in that shamble, then we have the Democrats that have Joe Biden where the, I, I truly think that they are going to go to their convention in, what, June? And they're going to say, yeah, Joe Biden's not going to be our president. He's not going to be our candidate. And we're going to choose somebody else, which is a risky move after winning all the primaries, having all the delegates, going to the convention, and then you're literally months away from a presidential race. Like, that's a risky move. But if you choose to do that, it better be a good name. It better be somebody that is going to really rally and just hoorah the entire Democrat base in the caucus. Because if not, then the race is over. And with how bad Donald Trump's winning in the primaries right now, and I'm talking like beatdown level status, we have they better find someone that brings a lot of fashion, which the only person that comes to mind in that mindset is Michelle Obama which is what Vivek Ramaswamy said as well, and some of the others have speculated even here on the program. I don't know if you're aware or not, but there was a primary and a caucus that happened this past week. I don't know if anybody paid attention to it. We have a lot of listeners in the state of Nevada, so I'm sure that you are aware of it. But the primary, we had Nikki Haley lose a primary that Donald Trump wasn't even on the ballot for. As 63% of the candidates or the individuals voted for the, quote, none of these candidates box beating Nikki Haley by double the votes at 63 to 30%, then none of these candidates beating Nikki Haley. Then the caucus happened that was run by the actual Republican Party from the state of Nevada, and Donald Trump with won with 99.1% of the vote. Nikki Haley was not on that by- ballot. Ryan Binkley got 500 votes and 0.9% of the vote in Nevada. So... A massive win for Donald Trump in Nevada, as we are just now a couple weeks away from the state of South Carolina and their primary. If this is the momentum that Donald Trump has, the Democrats better get something and get it quick. And the Republicans, the Republican Party, if they're going to unify, if they want to see not just Donald Trump be president, but the down ballot take its win across the nation, we have to find a way to unify behind that message focus on how important the down ballots are and then move forward with a unified message of what conservatism really is lots more coming up on the program stay this is the voice of reason with andy hoosier when reason meets radio this is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it on the home stretch here, man. Last half hour of the program. Oh, how it flies by oh so fast. So great to have you with us here. Broadcasting out of the Hoosier Media Network studios out of Wichita, Kansas. Covered a lot of ground. The state of both the Republican and Democrat parties are interesting to see, especially going into an election year. I keep saying I've never seen us in this type of state for an election for sure. So this is kind of fun to watch as the Democrats and Republicans are at the race to the bottom to see who can destroy and sabotage themselves more so than the other party. Very fascinating. All right. I want to shift gears, though, because while we look at the two party system and people are like, I hate the two party system. I get it. 
I'm a millennial. I mean, I get it. You're frustrated. And the younger the generations are, the more they walk away from the quote unquote two party system. But that doesn't mean that we walk away from the entire system, quote unquote. And I say system with air quotes here, the system that we have in place that brings us the greatness of what this nation is. And I will say, even with all of our flaws, we are still the most unique, amazing nation on the face of the earth. There is no other nation that compares to us, even with all the flaws. Now, the problem is we have to keep that. And sometimes that can be a bit of a challenge because there are those that want us to be just like all these other nations out there. I don't know, like Bernie Sanders. We need to be like Norway or something. And their socialism, which they're not even socialists, but that's another conversation for another time. The question is, how do we keep that? Do we still have that American dream that's alive? The streets paved with gold, the opportunity for everybody, bringing in your sick and your poor and allowing you to have that dream of living life unlike in any other place. To talk about some of that and more, really happy to have on the program, obviously, our great partners here on The Voice of Reason with Americans for Prosperity, as uh, we love partnering and talking with them on ways that we can prosper in this nation with their website, prosperityispossible.com. Why? Because prosperity is possible. He is the host of the podcast, American Potential, and he is also the regional vice president of Americans for Prosperity as well. I met this individual last weekend, here in the Wichita, Kansas area, where my flagship radio station is, during an AFP event, and he was moderating uh, this rally. Super awesome to finally meet him, and we had to get him on the program after chatting with him. Excited to have on Mr. Jeff Crank. Jeff, how are you, my friend? Andy, it's great to be with you. How are you doing today? I, I am so good. It's so good to chat with you again. I love meeting you last week. What an event that was. I love seeing the turnout, and I, I see that People still have that spark, even though that we have inflation at near 20% across the nation. We have uh, 30% inflation for food alone. Bidenomics is failing miserably. Gas prices are already on the way up again for the beginning of February now. That Even with all of that, there's still optimism out there that we could actually do well in the nation. Well, there is. And, you know, that's the great thing about America is we we never give up hope. We know that we live in the greatest nation on the face of the earth. And, you know, the the system that our founders gave us is one in which, you know, at the end of the day, we're still in control and uh, we still can choose who our leaders are and, and those sorts of things. And, you know, these failed policies of the Biden administration, as you look at them, um, you know, it, it's obvious. Inflation is caused by one thing. It's caused by government spending too much money. It's too much money uh, chasing too few goods. And that's clearly what's happening. And that's what's happened over the last many years in our country. And so, you know, we have the chance in 2024 uh, to, to change course and change direction and change policies and, and get better policies, better government policies uh, for our citizens. It's what we have to do. Do you think anybody actually buys the argument when they try to say, we created 13 million jobs, more jobs than any other president in American history, and they show all these numbers? <laughs> do you think people actually believe that, or do we actually understand the concept of when you lay somebody off during, I don't know, a global pandemic, and then bring them back to work, that that's not actually a new job? Yeah, I think people I think people are on to this. And, you know, the administration does it all the time. They try and say that, you know, gas prices aren't as high. And, you know, uh, you know, they try and pull the wool over the American people's eyes. But, you know, we all go to the grocery store. We see it. We all go get gas. We see it. And, uh, you know, I think people are going to believe 
uh, it was kind of like, uh, do I believe my lion eyes or not? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it is what it is. We see it. And uh doesn't matter what the Biden administration says and how they try to sell it. Yeah, they've tried to put out a, a few different hits in the mainstream media with different op-ed articles and newspapers and, and so on and so forth that talk about that, you know, uh, Bidenomics really isn't that bad. Inflation's really not as bad as what we see. But like you said, you can't read that and be like, oh, OK, literally calling us stupid and crazy for going to the grocery store and seeing prices triple on the prices of eggs. You can't make that stuff up, Jeff. That's crazy. Well, you can, and everybody knows it. You know, we we see it in my family. We go to the store or, you know, well, ever since the pandemic, I'm not sure anybody goes to the store anymore. You just, you know, call and have them deliver it to your car or whatever. But, uh, you know, we go get groceries. We come home and we say, man, we spent $300 on groceries this week. And it's like a bag and a half full of groceries. And, you know, that's happening to every family in America. They know it. They see it. And, of course, for so long, the Biden administration was bragging, calling it Bidenomics and saying, hey, you know, this is Bidenomics. It's great. But the American people are smarter than that. And you notice they've kind of stopped calling it Bidenomics because they know it's kind of a dirty word now. Yeah, they've kind of backed off on that one right now. I want to ask you a a little bit of a policy question, not just when it comes to the economy, but when it ties into, let's say, the immigration issue, for example, which has been obviously the front and center topic for the last couple of weeks but right now when they say the economy is doing well uh or they at least they try to play that out but then we see the mass migration coming in we see the crime spiking all over the country i don't know if you heard alexandria ocasio-cortez earlier this week where she said that we need all of this in order to survive as a nation we currently do not have the economic or social structural capacity to take care of our seniors and we will increasingly not have that if we quote unquote lock up our border and shut down shut down immigration in fact the thing that has distinguished U.S. economic performance from other countries like Japan or other, uh, you know, or other developed economies is the fact that our pro-immigration policies actually allow us to continue in our economic growth, whereas similar countries with anti or more kind of closed border policies experience economic stagnation when they submit themselves to this xenophobic kind of border panic narrative that Fox News, frankly, seeks to peddle and instill in so many people. I mean, come on, man. What the heck? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I mean, you know, that's just crazy. I mean, I think the American people, again, they see what's happening and they see, you know, most Americans are for some form of immigration. We all have some kind of immigration story, you know, uh, but but we're also a nation of laws. We, we believe in the rule of law. And, you know, this is uh, most Americans understand that as you have, you know, people just coming as many as they want. We're not stopping them. They're coming across uh, the border and people understand those people are coming here. They're they are taking jobs. They are causing, uh, you know, some some of the economic conditions that we have right now. But look, the president could stop the mess at the border if he chose to do it. Yeah. We all understand that. All he has to do is enforce the laws, which is his job. He took an oath, swore an oath to uphold the laws of the of the United States, and he's not doing that. And so, you know, until we get border security it's going to have a continued impact on our economy. And the American people aren't 
they're not uh, they're not buffaloed by the nonsense of Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. <laughs> well, she is uh, in her own little world. I mean, we always love the fact that she is one of the smartest people in DC, right? I am told this is a garbage disposal. Yeah, so there is that as well. <laughs> We're talking with Jeff Crank. He is uh, the host of the podcast American Potential, which you can find on any of your favorite podcasting sites. Also, AmericanPotential.com. He's also the uh, regional vice president for Americans for Prosperity. Great partners with us here on the voice of reason as we look at finding ways to prosper i know you guys have been as afp they they've been standing with that government shutdown prevention act as i don't know we try to figure out a federal budget which we haven't seen since before the obama administration do you think we're actually going to see something like that go through where we don't see the scare of either pass this omnibus bill or we're all going to shut down and people are going to die in the streets i think it's one of the most frustrating things for the american people is to see this uh this congress does this all the time it's it's you know it's now they used to call it returning to regular order well any more regular order is this this mayhem uh, both parties seem to use it to try and get what they want and what we end up getting is a system where the american people are the ones that don't get anything good out of their christmas tree bill at the end of the year. Uh, we've got to get back to regular order where the Congress starts passing 13 regular appropriations bills. They're, they're debated. They're discussed. People can go down and amend them. And, uh, you know, the problem is none of that gets passed. They wait until the last minute, and then they get these bills uh, that, of course, Nancy Pelosi told us once that we had to pass it, and then we could know what was in it. You know, yeah. that's that's the problem. And I think the American people are tired of it. They're tired of the bickering and the fighting back and forth over this. Um, and we have never, I know conservatives have always said, well, let's just shut down the government if, you know, if, uh, if we don't get what we want. But we always get the short end of that deal, it seems like, because the media is not on our side. They, uh, they usually will take a shutdown like that. They'll blame Republicans. It doesn't matter if the president is Republican or Democrat. The Republicans get blamed for the shutdown, and we end up having to agree to higher spending anyway. So we've got to figure out ways to get back to regular order and get the, the budget deficit and the debt under control. Yeah, we got to figure out a way to do something because you're right. We always get blamed for it. And now, unfortunately, we're, what, halfway through February. We're almost halfway through an entire federal budget again, and we're still sitting on a continuing resolution without an actual federal budget, which is mind-numbing and makes your brain hurt just a little bit uh, thinking about that. We're talking with Jeff Crank. Hang on the line here. We'll continue this when we come back. Got to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about ways that we can actually allow the prospering to happen, allow the small business to actually flourish and grow. We'll do that when we come back. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. America's safe space for common sense. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, it is. Truth, reason, common sense. Your political safe space. Your political therapist. As we sit here, I, I still need to get it. I need my my Gandalf pipe. It's sitting right over there in my humidor. I just have to grab it. But we are your political therapist. Don't you worry. Your Hoosier holics gather here every single weekend here for the Voice of Reason. So great to have you with us. Really happy to have this guy on, hailing from the great state of Colorado, my original home state. 
and from the beautiful city of Colorado Springs. Absolutely love it. He is the regional vice president of Americans for Prosperity, also host of the podcast American Potential, which you can find online at AmericanPotential.com. Jeff, let's talk about one of the more challenging aspects of the economy and our $34 trillion of debt that we're in that continues to grow that we don't seem to mind or care about. And even when we do pass a budget, we pass it in the discretionary category of the economy, which is now like 20% of the entire federal budget, where the other 80% is the mandatory spending of the social programs that are bankrupting us, but we're not allowed to apparently touch them. In fact, we're not even allowed to slow the growth, not just cut them, but just say, hey, we should only let them grow by 2% instead of 6%. And according to the media and the Democrats, they then say that that's a 4% cut and that we're going to let old people and sick people die in the streets unless we allow it to do its thing. So how do we address that issue? Because at the end of the day, that's the meat and potatoes of what we need to address right now, isn't it? It is. And, and, you know, it is so frustrating. Of course, the media tries to drive that narrative about spending. And again, you mentioned it any time if it's a you go from a 6% cut or a 6% increase down to a 5% increase over the previous year's budget, they call that a cut. That's not a cut. Um, but when the media is controlling the narrative, it's never going to be good for us. But look, we do have to get control of this. $34 trillion is our is our debt. Uh, we're going to add another $5 trillion to that this year. $5 trillion more this year under this president's uh, plan. And, you know, that's just unsustainable. Of course, it was unsustainable before COVID, but then during COVID and after COVID, there was so much money pushed into the system. And we've never gone back even to those pre-COVID levels. And so, as a start, that should be the first thing that the federal government should do, right, is just go back to the pre-COVID spending levels, and we would save uh, trillions of dollars by doing that over, yeah. over the next few years. And, but you are right. All of that uh, is, is frustrating. Congressman Ron Estes, who I, I got to meet uh, just the other day for the first time, yeah. who's on the Ways and Means Committee, talked about this in his speech at that rally that you referenced you know, we are now spending more money on interest at the federal level than we spend on national defense. Our founding fathers laid out a system of government, a federalist system, where we were supposed to have a federal government that dealt with national defense. And the number one thing they're supposed to do, we can't spend the money on right now because we're having to spend it to service the debt. That is a that is a crime. It is a shame, and it is something that, you know, if we can't see the signal there and we can't stop, there's still time to stop and turn the corner and get this thing turned around, but there isn't much time. We've got to get this under control, and it's not just the discretionary spending, as you talked about, the the stuff that Congress argues about. It's the the non-discretionary spending, you know, Social Security, Medicare, those things. And, you know, the the left lies about those because there's not going to be any money there to sustain those programs. They're the ones that are going to be taking money away uh, from Medicare recipients and Social Security recipients because they're the ones going to be breaking faith with them. There's not enough money to pay them. So let's figure out now the solutions so that there's less pain for the American people, but we get these uh, programs back on a stable foot. 
There it is. We got to do it. It's going to be a work in progress. And like you said, I, we're not, we're no longer looking over the cliff. I like to use the analogy as we're already the wily e. coyote that's over the cliff. The body's falling and we're sitting there with our head trying to hold up with a sign saying, please help because we're that far gone already. We have to get it done. It's uh, we're out of time. My friend is Jeff Crank. He is uh, the host of the American podcast uh, known as American po- uh, Potential. You can find it at AmericanPotential.com with Jeff Crank, also a regional vice president of Americans for Prosperity. Jeff, so good to talk to you, my friend. It was so great to meet you last week. we got to do this again real soon, brother. Thank you, Andy. I appreciate you. Hey, great stuff. There it is. We're out of time. Oh, how it flies by so fast. We'll have to do it again next weekend. Just you and me. And the rest of the world will come here and solve the world's issues one adult discussion at a time. Ha, you thought I was going to say something else, didn't you? Hey, there it is. Until then, be your own voice of reason. Be that catalyst for change. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Everybody have a great weekend. We will see you on the radio.